Welcome to Healing Your Family Legacy, here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence-based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, episode 85, Relationships and Recovery, part four. And now your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley. This is Dr. Donna Bevanley helping you heal your family legacy. Today, I want to talk about dating and recovery. Now, I would say that you don't even need to be in recovery to hear this. You can just hear this without recovery. But, you know, it's easier to understand if you are in recovery. But dating is something everybody does that ends up that, you know, whether they are in a relationship or not. I've known a few people in my life that never dated, were asexual, not interested for some reason. They just didn't, you know, get the desire to uh, go out and connect with other people in that way. So, you know, what I'm talking about is a universal experience for most of us. Dating. So, let me reiterate something that I've said before, and that is that when you are dating, the people that you are going to be the most attracted to are people that have, uh, that are similar, have similar characteristics to your mother and your father. And that might horrify some people, but the fact remains that, you know, you don't, you don't get attracted to people based on who you're looking at as a child. I mean, it's like you might see your sixth grade teacher and think that that person's great. That doesn't mean that you're going to get attracted to people like that sixth grade teacher. You're going to get attracted to people who are like your parents, like it or not. It's a fact. Okay. This is not false news. This is a fact. You get attracted to the characteristics that are similar to your parents, okay? Now, you know, let's say your mother is, you know, a a wonderful cook, enjoys, you know, enjoyed being in the kitchen, uh, always came out with great food and and uh, it was something that everybody loved and that made you feel happy and warm inside, it doesn't mean that you're going to be attracted to people that are great cooks, all right? I mean, who doesn't want to be married to a great cook? I don't know anybody. But what you, the part that you're going to get attracted to is that part of your mother that energized her or got her interested in being a great cook. That's the part that you'll get attracted to. So let's say your mother grew up in a family where there wasn't much food. So, you know, she and her mother, you know, in order to make the family feel safe and happy and nourished and, you know, that dinner time or whatever, dinner or lunch, breakfast where the times where the family got together let's say they got really creative in making food that tastes good be interesting uh you know 
that they created an environment where when the family was around the dinner table, there was joy and happiness, and that that was the motivation for your mother being a great cook. You're going to be that. That's the part that you'll get attracted to. The part that motivates. the mo- Whatever the motivation was, that's going to be the part that you get attracted to. Okay? So... You know, you might think, well, God, my mother was a great cook, but I married somebody that isn't, and I'm not interested in it. You might be confused by that, but let's say you're married to somebody who gets motivated to do things that, you know, like say they they are creators, say that they create uh, situations out of nothing and make it be a positive for many people. Okay? And that they get motivated by that. So that might be the part you get motivated or that you get attracted to. So that might, you know, that's the part I'm talking about. It's like, who gets attracted to people who are brutal? Most of the time, no one. Unless I really used to it or into S&M or something. But it's like most of the time, People who grow up in brutal family with someone who's brutal aren't going to go out and look for someone like the person that's brutal. All right, that's that's just the that's just the icing on the cake. Someone who's brutal has a lot going on underneath that you don't see, and that's the part you get attracted to because that was the part that that you were connected with. You weren't connected with the brutality. But if you're, you know, it's like children are connected to their parents. They can't help it. They just are. And when you were a child, you were connected to your parents. And those are the qualities that will feel most attractive to you. And you won't, you're operating, trust me, we're all operating subconsciously when it comes to chemistry and attraction. That's all there is to it. It's an, a subconscious event. And so there's no way that you're really going to bring it up to the surface and understand it. But like, you know, I was, I just, I turned on some, some TV, like when I was turning it on to watch a, a game, I came, I turned it on to some kind of a deal where they're talking about this book that came out called Eight Dates. That's what it's called. And this author was talking about, you want to get to know somebody before you, you know, get intimate and all this kind of thing. And I thought, well, yeah, (laughs) I would say more than eight dates because she was saying, boy, you know, it's like you just don't know anybody until you've had eight dates with them. And I say, you ha- you know, it's questionable whether real- you really know somebody after you've had, you know, God knows how many dates. But I would say 90 days. That's my rule. So like when you get attracted to somebody and you want to go out with them and you're trying to figure out a way to connect with them and, you know, either go dash them out or whatever it is that you want to get to know them. They're- you're attracted to them. The first thing you have to do in your mind is say, 
well, this person is going to be like my parents. And so what I really want is I really want to acknowledge that my parents have some really positive attributes. And those positive attributes are the ones I want to get attracted to. Okay? So you say, okay, I really need to step back and really look at who this person is. Try and, you know, try and get that really feverish feeling that people get that I just got to be with this person. You know, get that out of the way because it will diminish. And so how does it diminish? Well, my rules are you, you know, you wait 90 days before you even talk about intimacy. All right. So every date you have is public because most people, unless, unless you're a teenager with a lot of parental guidance, I just say, even if you're a teenager and you're allowed to date whoever and whatever you want, like, uh, don't invite them to your space and don't go to their space. Keep it public. And it was hard during COVID. Well, we're still in COVID, but it was a little bit harder in COVID where you couldn't go out to, say, a restaurant because none of them were open or to the movies because none of them were open. But now there's a lot of places that you can go. You can go to the museum. You can go to the zoo. You can go to a lot of places you can just walk around. You can take walks in the neighborhood. You can take walks around a body of water. You can take walks in the forest. But what you do is you keep it public. You don't go to your house or your apartment or your bedroom. Okay? Because the minute you do that, now there's nobody around, which is called the boundary. It's like when you need to have supervision and you really want to do something, you just make it public because most people will not have sex in public. They won't even do, you know, a lot of people won't even kiss in public. They might hold hands. Okay. We have a sense of modesty around that for the most part. All right. So you keep it public if somebody brings up sex, it's like, gee, you know, I'd really, I'm really attracted to you and I'd really like to get it on with you. It's like, gee, I've only known you for two weeks and I don't have sex with people that I only know for two weeks. I don't have sex with people I don't know. So if you're interested and I'm interested, Let's hang out and, you know, just do some fun stuff for 90 days. Because by then, we'll know each other. We'll know each other enough to know whether this really has any kind of potential for us, okay? So during that 90 days, the things you're going to be doing is that, A, you really want to be knowing that now I've set my limits on what I think is going to be healthy for me. I don't have sex with people for, until I've been dating them for at least 90 days. And that 90 days, by the way, is exclusively 90 days. It's not like, oh, 90 days and I'm going to date five other people. No, this is we've decided we really like each other and we want to be exclusive because until you're exclusive, the 90 days isn't even there yet. 
And so sex is totally off the table. And, you know, if they're pressuring you, okay, it's been 50 days. I think that's enough. And, you know, we've had six dates and, you know, or eight dates. And and in that book about eight dates, it's like, okay, now you're pressuring me. And if you're pressuring me about this, and we've only known each other for 50 days, then I need to look at that and say, you know, it's only been 50 days, and now I'm feeling a lot of pressure to go outside my own boundaries and have sex with you. And now I'm feeling less interested in you than I did before because I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who's pressuring me. When I haven't made a ridiculous request, 90 days is not going to hurt anybody. In fact, it gives us an opportunity to really learn about each other and find out who we are. And, you know, I can tell you this because I've, you know, I've had enough people do this and come back to me and tell me what it was like. People who do this 90-day rule, they come back to me and they are so grateful that they did it. Some of them have actually gone on to have a relationship and some have gotten married and have really good relationships. And some of them have said, you know, I was so attracted to that person in the beginning. I was ready to run off and get married to him the second date. But now that it's been 90 days, I realize that there is no way that I want to go any farther with this person. We haven't been sexual. And so I felt fine saying to them that, you know, it's been really nice. I've really enjoyed my time. Um, but I think that friendship is all I want out of this relationship. No nasty G, you know, it's like I'm pregnant G, I got STDs G, you know, it's like, yeah, I thought you loved me, blah, blah, blah. It's less likely there's going to be a nightmare breakup. Okay. So I'm not saying that it's positive, like, absolute no way is this going to be different. I'm just saying that anecdotally, I've never heard anyone say, no one's ever come back to me ever and said, well, that was the worst. That was the worst suggestion because they wouldn't wait 90 days. You know, it's like, well, let's talk about that. If they wouldn't wait 90 days to have sex with you, or at least talking about sex with you, or having a sexual relationship with you, if they couldn't wait 90 days, what do you think will happen when, gee, let's say you don't want to have kids right away, or let's say you don't want to buy, you know, a house right away, or let's say you don't want to move to another country right away, and they want to do it, you think there's not going to be pressure every time you say no? That's that's what you're looking at. You're looking at, you know, A, are they willing to accept my limits? Are they willing to at least be open to negotiation and compromise? That 90-day thing, not open for negotiation and compromise, by the way. It's important to learn who you are being intimate with. 
That's how people have positive relationship. That's how people stay out of bad, bad, sometimes dangerous situations. Okay? So, you know, and that's how people avoid STDs most of the time or HIV or, you know, nowadays, monkeypox, okay? You want to know who you're, who you are getting intimate with because you can't have that, you can't do that over again. So, and then, you know, going back to what I was saying before, you're going to be attracted to your parents, to who your parents are. And you might say, you know, my dad used to do that with my mother. I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. And it's okay. You know, it's like if there's a strong attraction and you find that there are qualities that you are like, say, pressuring, right? It's like qualities like, you know, you're, this person is trying to pressure you into something. It's, but there are things that, you know, it's like other things you really like about them and you're not feeling like you just want to talk, you know, end it now. Just talk about it. Say, you know what? That pressuring thing that you're doing with me right now, my, my dad used to do that to my mother and it wasn't okay with me then. It's not okay with me now. Are you willing to talk about that and work on that and, and stop pressuring me? And if they say, oh, yeah, well, I really want to be, you know, I'm really enjoying this relationship and I'd like to see where it goes. You say, okay, then will you work on that? And if they do and the pressure's over and you notice that, that there's real change, then it's possible to continue to go forward. But people don't change once they're in a relationship. The idea that, oh, well, you know, now we're in a relationship or now we're married or now we're living together, now change, that doesn't work. It doesn't happen. So if you think, well, they love me so much and they want to be with me so much that I know they're going to change this thing, or they wouldn't do that to me. Yes, they do. And no, they don't change because... (laughs) They really want to be with you. They might look at it and they might really change. You can tell when people are really working at it. Let's say let's go for that thing about pressuring someone to change, pressuring someone to do it your your way or their way. Let's say they want to, ah, let's, you know, let's say you're on your sixth date and they say, hey, uh, let's go. Let's me and you just go camping for the weekend at the seashore. Say, okay, that's not really public. Because once you're in the tent, you might as well be in their house. So you say, no, I think that's too intimate. I don't know you well enough to go away for a weekend with you. You're still a stranger to me. And they say, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's like, this is probably going to be the last really good weekend You know, then it's going to start getting, the weather will start getting bad. Come on, it's just, okay, so you say, okay, last week when you said you wanted to have sex and I said, no, you tried to pressure me and we had this conversation about pressuring me and now you're trying to pressure me into going away with you for the weekend. I told you no, I told you why and you don't accept it, you're still not getting it. 
And you see how important it is for this to be public. You're, you, let's say you're in the park having a lunch. Okay. Or you're walking, you're, you're walking around a lake someplace where there are other people. See, it's really important now to realize that, boy, it's a good thing I'm talking about this pressuring thing and there are other people around because who knows? They might pressure me into it anyway. You know, they might sexually assault me. So I, I, I gotta have, this has to be public. Not like, oh, okay, we're gonna invite everybody to come over here and listen to what we're talking about. No. This conversation could be in a restaurant. This conversation could be in a park. This conversation could be taking a walk. But if it's in the house or in your room, especially if it's about sex, you might not like the outcome. Especially if you're female. Okay? Most men are not sexually assaulted by women. So, you know... If you're the guy and the girl wants to have sex, she's probably not going to sexually, you know, rape you. She might, you know, get grabby or stuff like that. But you're bigger and you're stronger and you'll just say no. Hold her off. But if you're female, you better make sure. You had better make sure that while you're dating somebody that you don't know yet, make it public. Make sure people are around. Restaurants, parks, like I said, places like that are always going to be safe for you. Because they're probably not going to sexually assault you in in a place like that. But you don't have people over to watch a movie in your house by yourselves. You don't know who this person is. Once there's dating, there's a certain expectation that we are going to Get to know each other. And that is really what you want dating to be about. And I always say, you take 90 days before you even talk about sex. You take 90 days, certainly, at least, before you have sex. But I say talk about sex. The other thing people have told me about waiting this 90 days, a lot of people have actually told me, we're still together, we're still interested, we're still very interested in pursuing a relationship but we've really enjoyed not having that pressure about sex in the middle. We want to really get to know each other more. So we're going to wait even longer. In fact, maybe we'll wait until we've decided that we're going to make this permanent. I'm not saying wait until you're married, although, you know, that's a good thing too. But at least say, you know, we're engaged or we're decided to live together but we did it after we got to know each other really well i've had people come back and say we've decided that we're not even going to approach that subject until we've known each other for a year and you know that might sound extreme to some people but those people are still together after 15 years so and why? Because they got to know who they're with. And they make, you know, at the end of those 90 days, you ask yourself these questions. Okay? A, what don't I like about this person? And if there's nothing, you're not paying attention. There's always going to be something. 
People aren't exactly alike. So if there's nothing, oh, everything's wonderful about them. Okay, you need at least 90 more days. Because you want to find out what is it about this person? What things don't I like? You might say, well, I don't like that they're not very emotionally aware. Okay. Let's say, I don't like that they're not motivated to like, get higher in the company that they're in. That they're really good doing what they're doing. They get paid what they think is but they're not motivated to move any further. It's like, you ask yourself, if this never changes, if they never get more motivated to move up in their company, or if they never get more motivated to become more emotionally aware, is that okay with me? And when I say, is that okay with me, the real question I'm asking myself is, am I going to start to appreciate this about them and embrace it and keep my mouth shut about it? I mean, and then initially, I might say at 90 days, now we're having a conversation about do we want to go forward and the conversation will include what I don't like about you and hopefully they're going to say the same thing. Because, like, we're looking at what we don't like. Because that's what we're going to get. So we say, okay, what I don't like about you is this, this, and this. And I've decided that I'm going to embrace that. I told you what I don't like. You can change it if you want. We can talk about it if you want. But at the end of the day, it's up to me to decide whether or not I'm going to embrace that. Because it's not about, okay, well... I don't like these things about you, but you'll change after we get together and make this permanent. No, they won't. And they might, and that'd be fine. But your job is to decide, can I embrace this and just keep my mouth shut about it? Because I made the decision to be in this relationship with those things I don't like, because I knew about. That's called being an adult. And in the beginning, you're asking your your person, please find out the things you don't like about me. Because at the end of 90 days, we're going to talk about those. And then you decide, do we want to go forward? And in what way? After 90 days. Now, I have some more to say about this. But I think I'll wait. Because I want to get it more connected. And so, in the meantime, though, if you're thinking about dating, or if you are dating, consider what I've said, if you just want to do it once. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healing Your Family Legacy here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. Healing Your Family Legacy is copyright 2022, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.